Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 228 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Eric. And we are both here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. And as you might have noticed, uh, my usual host, Carly, is off on a uh, nautical adventure uh, so our West Coast correspondent, Eric O, is stepping in uh, and we will be talking about some of his theme park travels in just a little bit. Uh, but why don't you say hello to everyone, Eric, uh, and uh, let us know how you've been lately. Well, hi, everyone. It's nice to be back on the podcast. Believe it or not, this is my second appearance. My Welcome first back. appearance was about three years ago. Wow. Has it been that long? Three years ago, yeah. And now I'm back here to uh, kind of talk about some cool, exciting adventures. But what I've done the past week, I it's been pretty low key. But I did visit Six Flags Magic Mountain over the weekend to say, yeah, just That's, because. Just when because. I'm, Do you have an uh, an annual pass there? Yes, I have uh, one of those legacy memberships, which oh. they no longer sell. I get half off everything in the park: food, merch, get all dining, all season flash pass. So. Well, that might uh, almost make it worth uh, driving all the way up there. Uh, it's a little yes. far from where I usually am at Disneyland. Uh, so right. I've never visited myself, but I know they got well, some great Well, if you want to go, we got right. time sometime so, in the future. Some, yeah, sometime I will have to do that. Um, yes. I, did, uh, I did not ride any big roller coasters this week, but I did have a couple interesting experiences. Um, I... Uh, First of all, I went to a very interesting uh, event, uh, media event over at the Orlando International Airport in the beautiful new Terminal C, um, where they had a roundtable discussion that included the head of uh, the airport authority and uh, the head of Brightline, um, uh, VP of uh, guest experience, um, plus uh, some folks from... um, the uh plaza premium lounge and uh got some really interesting quotes about uh the comeback of tourism and travel in orlando um what kind of international visitor mix they have and also some details about the moving walkways that everyone complains were not put into the new airport uh the moving walkways are coming uh we've 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 got some construction details on those. So uh, check out that article up now on Attractions Magazine. Uh, In addition, um, I was there on closing night at the Magic Kingdom uh, when everyone said goodbye to the Country Bear Jamboree. The bears are not going away entirely. Uh, They are just going to be learning some new, uh, more updated Disney music instead of their classic soundtrack. Um, Blake Taylor, uh, our reporter did a great in-depth article uh, that is on attractionsmagazine.com about the whole history of the Country Bear Jamboree uh, going back to its opening in 1971 and beyond. Um, I did not get to see the show on closing night. Uh, They cut the the line off uh, at nine o'clock. But even uh, I think the last show that actually got through was around 820 or so um, because it broke down. They had technical difficulties 
and a lot of people stood in line for a couple hours. The line stretched, I kid you not, uh, from Country Bears all the way through Frontierland, around Pecos Bill, around the back, into Adventureland, into the, the plaza by the Pirate's Exit. Never seen anything like Jeez, that. That's, uh, and that included that's some switchbacks. I mean, that was a lot. Um, but uh, at, at least the folks who did stick it out to the end, they didn't get to see the show, but they did get uh, to walk through the theater and get a free poster. So, uh, yay. Um, hopefully, we will all be happy when uh, the show, uh, the new version of the show comes later this year. And uh, and if not, maybe uh, in another five years, they'll bring back the original. Who knows? You never know. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, I, I know. Um, you know, it's it was not quite as ugly as the closing night of Splash Mountain. Um, <laughs> yes. As far as I know, <laughs> yeah, there was no like uh, people screaming and punching, uh, but no. uh, it, it did get a little little salty towards the end. So, yes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> moving right along without any further ado, let's jump ahead into the news in the queue. <laughs> We're going to start out this week's news in the queue over in Eric's side of the world at the downtown Disney district of Disneyland Resort, where we've got some more details on new dining venues that uh, have been a long time coming. Uh, we're going to start out with what appears to be uh, what is going on the spot that used to be uh, the AMC theater and the shops next to it. Uh, we've got a... New uh, multi-story venue called Parkside Market. Uh, and uh, we'd previously announced uh, what was going in there, but now we have some concept art showing off the mid-century modern design. Uh, and this is where you're going to find four culinary concepts under one roof. Uh, Soul Sister, uh, Fast Casual Korean. Um, sip and Sonder Lattes and Caribbean-inspired bites, Gigi's Chicken Shop, and as well as an upstairs bar with craft cocktails. Um, so we knew that was coming. We just didn't know exactly what shape it was going to take. And now we've got a uh, look at the exterior of that. Uh, and we've also got a little more details on a Paseo and Centrico which are replacing uh, the previous um, restaurants, the Spanish restaurants that were uh, in the middle of downtown Disney. And they're going to be joined by something called Tendita, which is going to be a quick service location specializing in esquites, which is roasted corn, uh, street food, uh, along with tacos. Um, and finally, if you are a fan of Earl of Sandwich, good news. Uh, the current Earl of Sandwich location is going to be turned into a Porto's Bakery, but we're going to get a temporary Earl of Sandwich over by the Star Wars training post. And eventually we're going to have a permanent two-story Earl of Sandwich with both the takeaway shop on the ground floor and the sit-down gastro pub upstairs so a uh, lot of changes coming hopefully before the end of this year to downtown disney dining uh eric which of these are you most excited about seeing 
I mean, the whole Parkside Market concept sounds really cool. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of these quick service restaurants kind of being under one roof. It kind of reminds me of what's going on in Los Angeles itself, like mm-hmm. locally where I live. There's a similar concept where they have these different cuisines, kind of mm-hmm. like a food court style, and it's kind of kind of creates this cool atmosphere where you get to enjoy all this food together under one roof. Yeah, it creates a cultural experience. Which... It's kind of funny because uh, m- one of my favorite places to eat outside of Disney property in Anaheim is the Anaheim Packing House, uh, which exactly. is like an indoor house. food hall where they repurposed, uh, you know, an old building and put uh, lots of little. Um, you know, not full size restaurants, but you know, mm-hmm. little quick service booths. And this this kind of looks like they're trying to create that i that idea, except you know, sort of artificially instead of organically. So, yeah, um, it definitely, like, if you like mid century modern, uh, it definitely uh, is is going for that vibe. Yeah, I also just like that there's more quick service to enjoy at downtown Disney. That's sometimes I don't feel <clears> like <throat> eating at the parks, so I'm like, I'll go to Earl Sandwich or yes. you know, I'll go to Tortilla Joe's before. Yeah, well, RIP Tortilla Joe's. Uh, yeah, as yep. part of all these changes, uh, we are going to see uh, those current Mexican restaurants, uh, all which are um, also owned by um, Patina Group, which uh, mm-hmm. owns, uh, you know, the current one. Uh, yeah, it's not room for quite that much Mexican food in downtown right. Disney. So Tortilla and I, you know, I think what we're going to see is that the new... Um, you know, the new ones uh, that are coming are probably going to be a little more expensive, right. uh, a little more uh, modern and upscale. Um, you know, if you just wanted your your standard uh, burrito or, or nachos, you're probably going to be paying a little bit more for that now at the new, mm-hmm. new places. Yeah. Um, but places like Earl Sandwich and Portos. Yep. Sure, I'm excited. But where I live, I'm about three minutes away from both a Portals and, and an Earl Sandwich. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same thing. Be excited about it. Same thing for me when I pe- see people uh, waiting in line for Gideon's Bakehouse uh, at uh, at the Disney Springs here. And I'm like, you know, we've got one of those uh, a 10 minute drive. I could drive to that one right. and get my cookie long before you're going to get your way through that line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're looking forward to all those coming uh, yeah. early sometime in spring of 2024, whether that's early spring or late spring, uh, who knows, but hopefully soon. All right. Next one up. Uh, Lunar New Year has arrived at Disney California Adventure. Uh, and this year's celebration involves both new sip and savor passes and some new character meet and greets. Um, the big news is that, uh, well, this is the year of the dragon. So of course you can meet Mushu from Mulan. Uh, Mulan and Mushu are both back. Uh, Raya is uh, back at her meet and greet along Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. But the big addition this year is um, Mei Li and Ming Li, uh, mother and daughter from Turning Red are uh, appearing over in the Paradise Gardens area. And uh, we know that we've got a Pixar parade coming up where we're going to see May in her red panda form. But in this meet and greet, she's a face character that's kind of halfway transformed. She's got the panda ears and tail, uh, but uh, human otherwise, which is kind of an interesting choice. Have you gotten a chance to meet these characters? I I haven't gotten the chance to visit DCA yet for Lunar New Year. I'm probably going to do that sometime this weekend. 
Okay. Because I was one of the very fortunate select, select number of people who were able to see Turning Red in an actual movie theater. Oh, yeah. Not many they had people. It, no, because they showed us down at the Al Capitan Theater in Hollywood, like, for one week only. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to have to get a ticket just to see that. And I can tell you, the audience and I were having a good time. Yeah. Yeah, that was so uh, that was one that was a victim of the pandemic and yes, didn't get a but real uh, release. Coming back to, but it's coming to theaters, I think, next month. So, Oh, great. Well, if you haven't yeah. uh, caught it on Disney Plus a few dozen times, check that yeah. out. Um, you're also going to want to check out, while you are there, uh, in addition to complimentary crafts, like uh, Chinese calligraphy, calligraphy keepsakes that you can help make um you are definitely going to want to look out for these sip and savor passes uh they set up uh food festival style food booths around uh what they call the performance corridor uh and uh if you want to save a little bit of money uh the sip and savor pass includes six coupons redeemable for select food or non-alcoholic beverages uh, so you do have to watch for the little uh, knife and fork symbol on the menus to know what you can use it on. But the nice change this year is previously they had these little plastic tabs that you had to break off. They're always in danger of losing them. And if you lost them, it was gone. Uh, now it's just got a barcode that you can scan it with a pin number um, to keep track of how much you have left on it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing to have. It definitely reminds me of a Disney gift card. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of yeah. wish they, they don't do anything like this at the Epcot uh, festivals. They do have uh, the little gift cards that you can wear on your wrist, but that mm -hmm. you're just, you know, you're not really getting any savings with that. You're just uh, purchasing right. credit. Uh, this, depending on which items you pick, uh, if you go for the most expensive eligible items, uh, you can end up saving a little bit of money uh, using these cards. Um, another tip uh is that uh, a big difference between the way these food festivals work in DCA versus Epcot? Uh, you can order all of your things at once from one marketplace stand and then go and pick them up from all the other stands. So if you want to save a little bit of time, go through the passport, decide in advance what you want uh, and order all at once. Just remember, you got to pick it up uh, before the end of that day. Uh, you, if you if you forget and you can't come back another day and, and pick it up, at least uh, they didn't let used to let you do that. So um, merchandise, of course, also available as well. And uh, you are going to want to stick around for World of Color one, uh, which recently returned to the parks. And now it's got the special hurry home Lunar New Year celebration pre-show that happens right before the main show. All of this going on now through February 18th. Um, anything in particular that you're looking forward to when you uh, check this out? I mean, my favorite thing is the Hurry Home pre-show before World of Color. Yeah. However, if you plan on visiting that park, if they're showing World of Color 1 twice, the only show, Hurry Home, during the first showing, the 9 o'clock show. That so is, just, that is just good to mindful. know. They they don't show the pre-show for the second showing if there's right. a second showing scheduled. And with that in mind, since it is attached to Water Color 1, it is a total of a 29-minute show. So you're in for a long treat. Yes. If you, if you, <laughs> if you like water, if you like lights and music yes. for 29 minutes, this is your yep. perfect show to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I, um, I actually really like the Christmas version of World of Color. 
Um, but I'm I looking forward to seeing World of Color one because I understand they've made a little few little tweaks and adjustments just, to it. Just small tweaks. The short. The, I found out the show is eleven seconds shorter. Eleven whole seconds. Yes, I'm sure those were important. Eleven seconds yes. that we lost. The, the main thing. The main thing they did is they cut out the bridge between uh, Lion King and Star Wars. So it's just Lion King and just just go straight into Star Wars. Interesting. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I think it's better. Well, tighten up the pacing a little. That's yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to checking that out when I am down there at the end of February. Yay. Uh, next up, uh, Mickey and Minnie ha- are debuting new Bahamian-inspired costumes uh, when they uh, appear at Disney Lookout Key at Lighthouse Point, which is the new private island for uh, Disney Cruise Line. Um, this is part of Disney Cruise Line's effort for authenticity and cultural immersion uh, for their new second private island. Uh, they've partnered up with acclaimed Bahamian fashion designer Theodore Elliott uh, to create these unique Bahamian-inspired costumes uh, that you will, I guess, only see Mickey and Minnie wearing on this new island. Uh, there's got a, a, we got a great story on attractionsmagazine.com, uh, a little information about uh, Theodore's background. Uh, he began designing uh, runway fashions at only 13 years old uh, and has uh, done uh, designs for Miss Universe contestants, Miss Bahamas, uh, celebrities, you name it. Um, but Mickey and Minnie, of course, are the biggest celebrities that uh, he's designed for so far. Uh, and this is all uh, going to fit in just right with Disney Lookout Key at Lighthouse Points. Um, this is on the new island of Utheria in the Bahamas. Uh, and the whole island's design, uh, along with these costumes, uh, has influences from the conch shells, uh, the Junkanoo culture, um, that is found in the, uh, in the island. Uh, and this is going to open to the public, uh, or at least to guests on Disney cruise ships, in June of 2024. Um, and uh, keep an eye out, because in addition to these costumes that we are now seeing for Mickey and Minnie, uh, uh, the designer is also working on a collection for Donald and Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Chippendale. Uh, so the whole gang uh, will have new uh, new clothes to wear when they are visiting Lookout Key. This is pretty exciting. I mean, I've never done a cruise in my life, so so you've never I would done love to do any. Never. Well, I would say that if you are not a cruiser, uh, that the a Disney cruise is probably the best starter cruise that you could mm-hmm. uh, pick because the the quality of the guest service is really second to none yes. um and uh their their private islands whether it's castaway key or this new look lookout key uh really some of the best private islands mm-hmm. in the business the only problem is it spoils you it makes it really hard to go on a cheaper <laughs> cruise after you've been on a disney cruise oh i'm sure yeah and you know to be honest i completely forgot to look away how lighthouse point was happening I heard about this five years ago at D23 Expo. And oh, like, yes. Oh, it's right. finally here. I know. So yeah. Like, wow. It, it's here now. It, it's so. been a while coming. Yep. Progress. Um, hopefully, uh, I will. Um, hopefully, I'll, I'll set sail there someday. I'm... Hopefully, I will too. <laughs> All right. And uh, we're going to finish up the news in the queue. 
with a look at some of the royal details in the newly reimagined five-star Disneyland Hotel Paris, uh, which just reopened after a two-year closure. This is not something that you see uh, Walt Disney World hotels doing. They, they're going to do a refurbishment. They do a rolling refurbishment, and uh, you're still paying full price to stay in that hotel while, you know, even though there's no lobby like uh, there was <laughs> at the Pixar Hotel uh, in Disneyland. No, in Paris, they shut the whole thing down, their flagship hotel down for two years, um, and did a top to bottom makeover. Uh, if you've seen this place from the outside, it actually looks um, a lot more like the Grand Floridian than the Disneyland Hotel in uh, Disneyland Anaheim. Uh, also kind of looks like uh, a bit like the one they've got in uh, Hong Kong, except uh, more pink. Um, <laughs> so it's got that, yeah, kind of Victorian look on the outside. Um, on the inside, uh, they've redecorated it um, it's it's brighter it's fresher um it's uh it's still classic but with a slightly more modern touch but they've definitely brought more disney into it uh all throughout the hotel a lot more disney details woven into the carpeting woven into this exquisite uh crystal chandelier uh with a silhouette of the castle um, that was made in the czech republic um there they collaborated with over 200 different European companies to furnish uh, these this makeover. Uh, and the detail is really just uh, amazing. If you look through this uh, article at attractionsmagazine.com, uh, you can see images of not only the refurbished lobby, but also all of the rooms, uh, which includes 346 superior rooms, 82 deluxe rooms, 41 castle club rooms, 16 Castle Club signature suites, uh, one Beauty and the Beast suite, and one Frozen Royal suite. Every single one has been completely made over. Um, and starting with the Superior and the Deluxe rooms, uh, they each have uh, a theme based on a different animated royalty. Uh, you might get a Snow White room, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Princess and the Frog. Tangled, Frozen, Moana, or Ryan the Last Dragon, and each one has artwork and little touches uh, in the design referencing those characters. Uh, if you step up to a deluxe room, um, you get this illuminated canopy over your bed and uh, animated enhancements in the artwork around the room. Then you want to take a jump up to the Castle Club, and this is what they call a hotel within a hotel. Uh, ten, the top 10% of the rooms uh, get access to the Castle Club Lounge, uh, which is like their version of a concierge lounge. And uh, you've got all sorts of elaborate themed perks and details. Um, you know, a royal canopy over your bed themed to Sleeping Beauty uh, or Tangled. Um, really, uh, rooms fit for a princess and some of the signature suites, uh, have magical objects, uh, themed to their princess. Um, like you might have Belle's enchanted rose or Cinderella's glass slipper inside your room, um, with enchanting special effects that bring them to life. Uh, there's only 16 of these signature suites. Uh, so... Uh, if you want your pick of which one, you're going to want to uh, book that 
as early as possible. Uh, and then there are two unique suites, one themed to the live action Beauty and the Beast remake in a uh, very Baroque style, and one uh, that is the Frozen Royal Suite, uh, which is very... Uh, it looks a little chilly, uh, but is also very elegant uh, and has an amazing view of Sleeping Beauty Castle uh, right out through its windows. Um, so if you are staying in one of these rooms, uh, you are also going to want to take advantage of all of the amenities at, that have been upgraded at the Disneyland Hotel, starting with the restaurants. Um, they have the Royal Banquet, uh, which is a buffet restaurant open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And if you have been uh, salty about the fact that Cape May Buffet took away the uh, free crab legs, uh, <laughs> you are not going to want me to tell you about how they have lobster and giant prawn and other crustaceans on the buffet here, um, along with uh, grilled meats and vegetarian food. Um, and of course, uh, this is a character encounter. Um, so you've got artwork referencing some deep cut characters like Kronk from Emperor's New Groove or Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Uh, and you're also going to get to meet a, uh, selection of characters while you are eating. Um, that hotel uh, restaurant is open to anyone who wants to book it, but they've also got a upscale, uh, La Table de Lumiere. Uh, fine dining restaurant that you have to be staying on site uh, in order to have uh, dinner in the ballroom from Beauty and the Beast uh, with, again, visitations from the characters. Uh, they've also got a Fleur de Lis cocktail bar. Um, and uh, as we mentioned, uh, if you're staying in that club level, there is a special castle lounge you can take advantage of. Something that really amazed me is they've got a bunch of uh, activities in the in the uh, hotel that uh, some of them are extra cost, but they seem pretty reasonably cost. And some of them are completely free uh, if you're staying on site. Uh, for example, OK, they've got a My Royal Dream, which is sort of like their version of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique makeover. Um, but, uh, you know, for adults uh, or kids, um, it only comes out to about a hundred bucks, uh, for uh, a hair and makeup session with a photo session. Um, and you can add in a costume to keep, uh, for, uh, another hundred bucks, um, which is pretty reasonable. Um, and they also have a Royal kids club that offers free babysitting for up to two hours. So if you're a parent, you want to have a nice dinner or do something else with your significant other without the kids for two hours. Uh, you don't have to hire a babysitter. You can just dump them off in this, uh, in this activity center. Um, they've also got an on-site spa um, and uh, a complimentary Royal encounter service where you can get a one-on-one -on -one session with a Disney character with a reserved time slot uh, without having to wait in the line. Uh, finally, uh, they've also got um, some tours and entertainment. Uh, there is a troupe, a comedy troupe that roams through the lobby and uh, engages guests and also story keeper cast members who can give guided uh, tours of the lobby and uh, give you a little bit of the hidden details and designs. Um, now, we're going to be honest with you. Uh, this kind of luxury, this is a five-star hotel. Uh, mm -hmm. It does not come cheap. 
this is the most expensive of all the eight on-site properties and they don't really list rack rates uh let's put it this way um a one night stay including park admission because you got to pretty much book this as a package uh two people one night uh park admission for for one weekend one one overnight stay uh about fourteen hundred dollars so not cheap but definitely if you're if you spend in a day at uh, disneyland paris uh this is a nice way to go um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's been happening uh, recently in Disneyland Paris Resort that we've talked about, like the drone shows that they have um, and the uh, Avengers Campus, uh, which just opened in 2022. Um, so uh, if you want to plan a trip out there, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, I'm sure can help you out. And uh, Eric... I don't believe you've been to Paris. Uh, nope, never been to Paris, but I is love... It, is it on your bucket list? It actually was on my bucket list, and okay. then 2020 happened. Yeah. But talking about you. talking about this hotel, I mean, they what they've done, they've done a really fantastic job to, as I say, reimagined a hotel as this kind of cool luxury boutique, mm-hmm. kind of fairy tale kind of experience. Like yep. seeing the, you know, the glass slipper as well as the castle chandelier that they have makes me want to go, but yeah, it's, it's expensive. Yes. It was, I mean, it's your, well, first of all, as, as anything in real estate, location, 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 mm-hmm. this is right there. Literally it is the gates of the park. Like, yes. you know, people are entering the park by walking under your, your room. So, uh, you can't get a better spot, um, for staying at that resort. And, you know, previously, uh, much like the Grand Floridian uh, here in Orlando, um, it was previously a, a very nice hotel, but a little grandma, a little, um, you know, a little old fashioned. Um, and uh, this renovation, I think, will help by leaning into Disney uh, and the, the princesses, but in a kind of classy upscale way, I think it'll help mm-hmm. keep it fresh for longer. Um, yeah, the new colors make it look very warm, yep. inviting. Yep. Classic yep. Disney, just what I want. Hope I get to see it myself sometime. I will say, though, that uh, the trip I took to uh, Paris, uh-huh. uh, oh, God, coming up on 10 years ago, I wish I had spent more time in Paris, Paris, and less time in Disneyland, Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disneyland, yes. Paris is great, but a, a full day in the uh, Disneyland park and maybe half a day in the Studios mm. Park is all the time you need. Uh, do not yeah. do not take three days of your trip for that. I was hoping to go <laughs> sometime after the Walt Disney Studios Parks somewhat finishes the expansion. But yes, we'll see how yes, long there are a lot. Yes, when uh, their frozen land is done, and if they ever uh, move forward with that Star Wars area, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming there in the future. Um, and this will be a great place to stay if yeah. you can afford it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. All right, well, that just about brings us to the end of the news in the queue. Before we jump into this week's main attraction, we are going to hear a quick word from our sponsors. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. 
education. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! All right, for this week's main attraction, we have, drumroll please, Erico! Yay, uh, it's me! Who recently took, uh, I believe it was your first trip to Japan yes. uh, to visit both uh, Tokyo Disneyland mm -hmm. and Universal Studios in Osaka. Right. Uh, and is someone who is very, very, very familiar with the uh, California theme parks, but taking their first trip to uh, Japan, I was hoping that you could just sort of walk us through the stages of your trip, uh, some of the highlights, and give mm -hmm. some advice for anyone who's thinking of doing the same. Like, I was thinking of taking a trip myself to Japan uh, maybe this fall. So let's start out a little bit of planning. How far advanced did you start planning this trip? Things like uh, air airlines and hotels. Um, what what do you what does uh, an American traveler need to go through if they want to uh, arrange that kind of stuff? Well, what I say is, luckily I went with a couple friends who kind of kind of helped me plan this out. But a good recommendation, rec good recommendation, I would say is probably plan plan an, an international trip about a year out because mm -hmm. you can have to. All right, see, I'm already too late. Oh, well, that's okay. You can always, you know. Well, I know the on-site. <laughs> I, I I've heard that the on-site hotels, uh, especially at, at Disneyland, uh, Tokyo Disneyland, have a date, um, you know, many months in advance, and they pretty much book up instantly when they become available. Yeah. Right? So, so if if you're planning to go to Japan for the parks, mm -hmm. you want to buy your tickets as early as you're able to. Um, tickets usually drop about sixty days prior to the date of your visit. Mm -hmm. So, when those days comes, gotta get it. So that's really two months ahead that you have to plan, and then having to plan your, you know, if you need to get a passport, which I had to do because oh, I haven't okay. had one in a very long time. Um, also having to, you know, get a currency exchange, which I found a really easy way to. So I'll probably share that later on. Oh, okay. Getting a hotel airfare took about ten months to finalize everything get that all paid off for but okay. japan's a lot i can tell you that uh, i'm sure you can find videos online of so you craziness of you flow flew from lax to yes, which flew, airport yes i flew directly from lax to tokyo haneda airport okay the tokyo haneda, haneda airport is about 30 40 minutes away from tokyo disney okay. from the way we traveled Japan loves his public transit, so it really was a godsend to help us out. Um, when we got to Japan, we took this bus. They called it an airport limousine, one that directly takes you to the Tokyo Disney Resort hotels. Okay. Uh, so you were you staying at an on-site uh, Disney hotel or one of them nearby? No, we're as like to say is there at these official good neighbor hotels. Okay. So, so I know stayed. in, in mm -hmm. California, Dis Disneyland, California, the good neighbor hotel doesn't really mean an awful lot. What what does it, no. that designation get you in Tokyo? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> the only what the like when I was there, friends like Eric throw every knowledge you know about 
the U.S. Disney parks, throw it out the window. Okay. Tokyo Disney is run like no other park I've ever been to. Okay. As many of you guys know, Tokyo Disney is owned and operated by the Oriental Land Company, and they get the license from Disney to use their IP. So very much, it does not feel like a typical, I want to say a Disney guest journey experience. Okay. So, so. what what are the, some of the, the big differences that someone who's used to going to Disneyland in California a lot would want to know uh, <laughs> making your first trip into uh, Tokyo Disneyland? Just even even in terms of like, getting in getting tickets getting into the park in the morning uh where how you how you exist as a guest in there uh what are some of the big differences that you'd want to know so the biggest thing there is they do not sell annual passes mm. every single guest visiting the parks is on a single day ticket okay and all six days that i went to tokyo disney they all sold out wow so i know there's a period when disneyland resort they sell annual passes, and then they're like, oh, let's go bring it back. But the Japanese, they love Disney. Mm. So people, they get there super early. Because the reason for that is public transit. Public transit there starts super early, and it ends early. Mm. So from what I understood, around 95% of park attendance is there within the first two hours of the day. So everyone rope drops. Unlike in, in California... Locals in California don't rope drop no. uh, very so, well. Yeah. Getting there well before rope drop is really, really important. Luckily, the hotel I was staying at is actually directly behind the the Tokyo Disney Sea Park. Okay. It connects with the monorail system that they have there. So super Which you convenient. have to pay for there, right? <laughs> yes. Public transit is not free there. Mm -hmm. So... It's about like a dollar seventy-five, two dollars. Yeah. I would say when when we say day. you have to pay for it, it's still cheaper than if you if you were looking at an equivalent uh, with tickets and hotels in. Yeah. Well, I know tickets are probably cheaper on a day by day basis. Yes. But, uh, so how how is the hotel uh, expense there? How, how does those? So we stay at the Hilton Tokyo Bay, which is located. Okay. Behind Tokyo Disney, next to the Toy Story Hotel. Hilton's a reliable brand. Yes. Uh, there's a Hilton on property at Universal in uh, Hollywood. So how how yes, does how that compare? Well, what's nice is the rooms that we had were very spacious. This okay. is a pretty expensive hotel for Hilton. It's roughly about five hundred a night. So oh, okay. Yeah. They, Got good money for this hotel. All right. um, and this was one of which, the least less expensive hotels. In, yes. In the There's a Sheraton next to it, too. Mm -hmm. Some Japanese brands. But As an American traveler, travel, you probably don't want to stay in one of the Japanese ho brand hotels. Yes, because very much like a Hilton. It's a Hilton hotel. So okay. you have everything you know about a Hilton. Mm -hmm. And the convenient part about it is in, that, in almost all the hotels, they have convenience stores. Oh, nice. Now, these convenience stores are not like typical American 7-Elevens. These are like kind of like that, but it's a lot nicer. Oh, yeah. Well, the, I, know, food. I know from being in Hong Kong that the 7-Elevens and uh, the convenience stores there are so much nicer than uh, any that we have here. Yes. Like you can get a hot meal there. You can get, yep. you know, a 
a steak meal or wow. some spaghetti, chips, water, super cheap, and, and bring it up to your hotel and room. Did your good neighbor hotel include early entry? What's the whole early entry rope no, drop situation so there? At the official Disney hotel, so that's the Disney Ambassador Hotel, the Tokyo Disneyland Hotel. Um, what's the other one? Oh, Mira Hotel Costa, Costa mm-hmm. and the upcoming Fantasy Springs Hotel. Yeah, those give you what they call a happy entry. <laughs> okay that's what they call I, a, I don't that that's what they call it out there maybe needs but a better translation so yeah so such every day disneyland and tokyo disney sea are open 9 a.m till 9 p.m uh-huh early entry starts about 45 minutes so 8 15 okay for early access and then they open up the rest of the park at 8 30 so technically it is a 15 minute grace period as i call it so they Just get a 15-minute head start. So it doesn't even really get you time to ride a no. ride. It gets you to be first for one attraction, basically. Basically. And okay. the thing is, is the Japanese, the fans out there, they know how to do that park. Oh, like, okay. You, you got to be on your game, especially with the Tokyo Disney app, which, good luck, it's really bad. Really? The okay. app takes forever to load because everybody's on it. Mm, so okay. if you want to book a uh, priority pass or premier access standby request for shopping uh entry because character because they do a lot of things even shows uh on like a lottery system yes it there, is right? a lottery system I, not a virtual queue right so you just it, it you it tells you you won or you lost basically uh, so but it's not necessarily whoever hits it first no so not even so I I did a test about that. So okay. I booked I tried to book a lottery for myself, and then my friends did did it for another show. My friends got it. I didn't. Oh, so they got Edward to see t- the show and you did not. I mean, it was the one of the kids show, so we didn't care okay. about it. But right. they opened. But but yeah, so everything is pretty much fair game there, though. So mm, I would say, much like if you were to plan a vacation, just be flexible with whatever you can do. This realistically you won't be able to get through everything in the time frame and what do you want to do flexibility is really really important especially at these parks do they uh so you know here our parks have been in, have been really transformed by genie plus and individual lightning lane uh do they have an equivalent system there and and does it work better or worse yes so they have right now it's their 40th anniversary so they have this special 40th anniversary priority pass Okay. That works exactly like Max Pass. Oh, without having I missed to Max Pass. Oh, it's a completely free service. Oh, I'm so jealous. Then they also have a the Disney Premier Access, which gets you paid opportunity to go to mm-hmm. some of the most popular rides. But for Tokyo Disneyland Park, the free service included rides like Pooh's Honey Hunt, It's a Small oh, World, wow. Haunted Mansion, okay. It's a Small World. Mm-hmm. The Premier Access there was. Uh, Flash Mountain. Mm, okay. Of all rides, I know. Okay. Uh, plus, um, it also included um, their entertainment. So, if you wanted mm. to see the electrical parade, they had a premiere access. Oh, it's a reserve. Okay. It's a reserve viewing, and it's an actual reserve viewing. They're, they assign you a seat number. There are stickers on the ground that tells you what row, what seat number you're at. So, you don't have to camp out super early just to get the perfect spot. Everything is assigned to you, so you don't have to get there super duper early. 
Mm. It was amazing. But the pre- but the priority access got to get there early, much like much like Max Pass works. You only get the first available windows, and then once they're gone, they're gone unless yeah. if someone cancels and you grab that last minute pass. And like I said earlier, the people there are very very smart on how to use the app. So yeah, you get lucky. Uh, the the app works, is works you so so the the app is a little tough to were you able to use your phone uh there did you have to buy any yeah. special service or yeah so I didn't want to pay free for an international plan so I uh, downloaded this app called uh, uh Aralo recommended from travel agents TDR Explorer okay if you if you heard of him it's essentially yeah. like if you have the newer iPhones you know they don't come with a physical SIM card. Okay. They now come with these called eSIMs. Um, the Aralo app, it's just download an app, put in your information, what country you're visiting, and then you have these options where you can buy data. So there's like two gigabytes for okay. 10, 18 for a certain number of days. Hmm. I only pay 20 bucks for 30 gigabytes throughout my entire trip. That's pretty good. So That's because really, really, I, I have. Really uh... I have AT&T and I usually use the international day plan with AT&T and that's $10 a day for unlimited. But uh, if you can make 30 gigs last for your whole trip, then that's, uh, that's a yes. pretty good deal. Have to, mm-hmm. Definitely have to look into that. And, Super easy, cheap, recommend. And uh, okay, so, all right, um, attractions. Uh, tell me an attraction uh, at Tokyo Disneyland that that exceeded your expectation because I know we all we all will see videos on YouTube and stuff and we mm-hmm. know how how you know much money and maintenance and you know how much they plus all their attractions. So what was something that you know you were looking forward to that exceeded your expectations and what's something that uh, was a little disappointing? Hmm, something that, that exceeded my attraction, my expectations was actually not a ride. It's actually a show. Okay. So inside of the new uh, expansion for Fantasyland, so that includes mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Right? They also expanded with other entertainment. So there's this uh, theater next door to the ride. Kind of like, let's see what's the best way to put it. Stars Mickey Mouse and Friends on this magical journey through the magical wishes. Okay. It's a humongous, like, Broadway-style production. There's this audience automated uh, automation so i got some yep. set pieces rolling on the ground you got some stunt work with uh, peter yep. pan wendy captain hook on a big pirate ship on the stage wow all in japanese though that's the one thing <laughs> all in uh, no, you know um, i noticed in in hong kong when you'd had a have a big show it would either be they would be speaking a mix of english and uh chinese or they would have literally like a display with subtitles, like you know, like when you go to the opera uh, on the side of the stage. Uh, mm-hmm. So n- no, no accommodation in Japan no. for English speaking. It's it's they pretty much expect yes. you to understand. However, at the other park at Tokyo Disney Sea, there's this uh-huh. so-called Big Band Beats. Yes, I've heard of that. Yes, it's very much like a New York kind of jazz club kind of okay. show. All in English, hundred percent. Oh, okay. So it felt interesting. Even though I've never been on a cruise, it kind of felt like a cruise oh, show. Cruise ship show. Getting, All right. It gets very, very campy. Mickey Mouse on drums. Very people doing the kind of rockets kind of thing. Eh. But okay, the entertainment there really stellar. Some of the lesser things that I didn't really enjoy that much was you know some of the the attractions that are here. So like. Um, Haunted Mansion. Mm. It's it's Haunted Mansion. There's right. 
really nothing special. Unless if you'd like to see Haunted Mansion in Nightmare Before Christmas, if right. you were at Walt Disney World. That's the yeah. only that difference. see that that's what interests me because it, it's a clone of the Disney World version of the ride. So I I'd like to see like the thing parts that are different from California how they adapt that to Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. And it was lovely seeing the Tokyo Disney Electrical Parade Dreamlights. Uh, yes, I've, that thing's uh, been going on since the park opened in the early eighties. Yep, yep, that's a great the parade that never parade. dies. <laughs> um let's talk about the other thing everyone talks about in japan which is the food uh what oh, were goodness. some what was some of your was there uh again some of your favorites and was there anything that like that didn't live up to the hype man i tell you when you when people go to tokyo or osaka for food yeah mm-hmm. especially the parks yeah <laughs> people wait long lines for everything out yes there. The, it's the, the popcorn ridiculous. lines are infamous. Yes. Did you wait in line for popcorn? Oh yeah. Oh yes, we did. Um, the the interesting is the interesting thing about Disney is like these special popcorn flavors, like a curry or milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. You can only get it at one popcorn stand in the entire park. Right. So waiting in line for that makes it really, really special. Yes, That's... but but was it worth the wait? That's the question. I don't know. The popcorn I got was nice and hot. It was about two bucks for a popcorn. Okay. So I couldn't complain so about very it. Very cheap, yes. Yes. And they and, and all their popcorn. And they're they're long lines, but do they move? That's my yes. question. They're like they are they move. efficient? That's... Yeah. So in one of the popcorn stands that I waited for over at Tokyo Disney Sea, a cast member saw that a line was wrapping all the way around. The guests, they line themselves up. They like Tokyo Disney, you won't see tape on the floor. The guests there, nope. they'll follow the rules, they'll do it themselves. Customers, right. they they don't help you. They just they do it themselves. It's fascinating. But going back to the popcorn line, they had a cast member with a slip saying, Hey, what do you like? How many churros would you like? So you give them say two. They gave you a slip at the register, hand in the slip, pay in you go. Mm. So do they do they use things like um apple pay or mobile order or any of those kind of things we have yes. here <clears throat> yes they they're very much big on on cash so you definitely want to carry some yen with you oh. but however all of all of the parks they fully accepted uh tapless pay some of these items you can also pay with your transit card Hmm, interesting. These, yeah. Hong Kong machines. has the same thing with the uh, octopus that they use yes. there. Super That's convenient. Love it. Uh, well, speaking of cash, you mentioned you had a tip for currency exchange. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much money did you wind up changing? And uh, I still have Hong Kong bills uh, that look like Monopoly money floating yes. around in my wallet. I don't know what to do with. Yeah. So an app that I use is called Wise. Okay. Super easy app. It's an easy exchange you could link it to your debit card your credit card hmm. with your bank information just swap it and there's your card you can also use this wise card to take out cash at the at the at the atm there with no fee so it's just straight up one for one right there and it'll give you the current exchange rate for whatever time you want so right now a dollar a dollar there is about like a a dollar, say a dollar fifty U.S. dollars is around uh, one hundred and seventy-five yen. Mm-hmm. So, if you want a soda out there, not too bad. 
sure. versus nine, ten bucks. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Oh yes, for sure. Um, I highly recommend if you're to travel because this Weiss card it does. It's not only for Japan. You can use it anywhere in the world. So hmm. Hong Kong, Paris, you know, you name it. You can use their card and they'll accept it no problem. Yeah. With yeah that but in mind, were you also able to use just a Visa card? Uh, yeah, places? I mean, okay. if you if your card works, like right, for me, a right. Chase debit card wouldn't have worked. No, no, not a debit card. No, but if you have a, yeah, like, we, I'd have a, a travel visa card. Yeah, um, if you like, hey, I wanted to accept it. Yeah, if yeah. Amex card. Yeah, shouldn't be a problem. Great. That's why buying tickets there can be a bit of a challenge because sometimes they don't accept American cards. Oh, okay. All right. So, well, that is good to know. You can so, book with the uh, MEA Mouse Fan Travel. Yeah, they can hopefully, yes, with your yes. travels. Good, good reason to have a travel agent. Oh, um, yes. Let us hop over from Disneyland over to uh, Osaka, where you visited Universal. And first of all, how did you get from one to the other? Uh, yes. How's that? As you, know, as you know, the the word public transit comes a lot in this episode. Mm -hmm. We took the bullet train, what they called the uh, Shinkansen. Ah. All the way from Tokyo to Osaka in about three, three and a half hours. Nice. Super quick. It's about a hundred bucks one way. So being, so it is, it is expensive, but it's honestly the easiest way to get to Osaka and Tokyo, vice versa. Yeah. All these train stations are super connected with everything. So you'll find dining retail within these train stations mm. and Bento boxes, if you love bento boxes like I do. Nice. You get your food, bring it on with you to the train, enjoy a nice, nice meal, and then enjoy a nice car ride, uh, train yeah. ride through the country. Got to see a lot of cool countryside. Got to mm. see Mount Fuji, the ocean. Awesome. Well worth it. Now, trains, they leave on time, and yeah. they arrive on time. And yeah. it's super clean. So thank goodness for that, because you won't find that in America. <laughs> Well, I'd say we have uh, we have our bright line now from Orlando yes, to, to Miami. Right. I've, been, I've been taking that a lot, um, but that's that doesn't go nearly as fast as that bullet train for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, once you got there, uh, did you stay on site or nearby? Yeah. yeah, we actually stayed on site. So unlike the Tokyo Disney hotels, all these hotels are just third party hotels. So mm. like all these Japanese brands, okay. like. I don't think that I found an American hotel mm. at Universal Japan. It's all these uh, kind of privately owned Japanese conglomerate hotels. Gotcha. Where we stayed at was called the Park Front Hotel at Universal Studios Japan. Okay. That name of the hotel is very literal. It's literally, literally at the front Park Front of Universal Studios Japan. Okay. But so convenient see... to get to the park. Did you get any kind of perks for staying there? Nope. Nope. Yeah, so no, yeah, no, no early entry or anything like that there. Yeah, none of these, none of these hotels really offer perks, but uh -huh. they do offer an early entry, but it's a really weird way. It's oh, kind of okay. like a DVC kind of thing where you speak to a team member, and oh. it doesn't run by a third party, so it's not even universal. So they get you hmm. into a room, kind of explain, you know, how vacation packages. So I want to sell you timeshare. And then you're oh, the they're trying life. to sell you something. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll but pass the thing on is, that. much like Universal, much like much like Tokyo Disney, Universal Japan opened super early. So the oh, first really? day we were, so the first day we were there, the park was scheduled to open at eight thirty a.m. Do you know what time they opened that morning? Uh, eight, seven in the morning. 
set they open an hour and an a half hour and a half early before. how are you supposed to know that <laughs> you just said... gotta know the ins and outs so. wow okay so all right show up really early and then where was the first uh where do you think the first place you should head i guess uh is super nintendo mm-hmm. is still the biggest thing there right now super nintendo world is still the biggest do you need a reservation so system uh or anything like that yes so it works kind of in a easy manner so it always starts out like if you get there early enough before the official park open go go right in let you filter in through the land mm-hmm. and then as soon as the regular park officially opens they turn on their time entry uh, into okay. super nintendo world sort of like they had at hollywood uh, and got rid of but the biggest thing there is before that you have to link your park ticket to the official usj app oh okay and then you can That's book your reservation cause, time. Because you don't really have that link in, in no. the, the Universal Hollywood app. And the biggest right. thing is, once you book your reservation, that is the time you are allowed to go. Hmm. You cannot cancel. You cannot modify. You cannot change how wow. in your group. You're stuck. What you got is what you got. Wow. And they are they are strict with the rules there, huh? Yes. And with that in mind, like any reservations, they will sell out, so... All three days I was at USJ, they mm. did sell out. What they do is once those guaranteed time entries are gone, they go into an area standby pass. So it works exactly like a lottery system. Uh. You link your park ticket, you pick a time technically, and then you just wait. On all the digital boards throughout the park, they'll say group 1C to B. You're allowed to go uh, into Super Nintendo World at this time. And so once you finish jumping through all of those hoops, you finally get into Super Nintendo World. Mm-hmm. Uh, their Donkey Kong is not open quite yet. No, but... but I know that the land in general is larger and more like what we're going to get in Epic Universe versus yes. Hollywood. What did you think of the differences between the two lands? Well, I got to say, I did get to see a little bit of Dark and Kong Country. I got oh. to see sticking. I got to see it. I, I, no, I Hooking up right. above I, the uh, yeah. construction wall? Okay. <laughs> I actually got, got to see it from Hogsmeade. Ah. Uh, of all places. Like, oh, that's Donkey Kong. Okay. But I love Super Nintendo World. The whole spatial awareness mm. I'm seeing around you is pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. However... I, as much as I love the multi the multi level land, okay, a was not organized. Oh, I, really? I actually, you think of everything I, in Japan as being very well organized. So yes, but okay, it's universal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. But what I like about Hollywood is everything is on one level, so it's mm. easy to get to for Japan. Okay. Guess I've seen a lot of guests who had mobility issues. Guests who ah, couldn't get upstairs. It's really, really. Tough there's a lot of lot of climbing. And there's not a lot, a lot of, of uh, elevators or. Yes. Um, does it? But... Do you use an escalator? Like we have an Epic is going to have an escalator to get you up to the initial no, entry level. No, it's only no. stairs or an oh. elevator. Oh, okay. There's only so two elevators that I found in the land. And interesting. I didn't see very many people use it. Because I guess most guests there are mobile, but mm. the way that the land is laid out is you enter in on the second level of the land. So that's okay. where you can find access to the Mario Kart Koopa's Challenge ride. Okay. As well as a couple of the power-up games. So you find the Goomba Crank game, um, the the Piranha Plant Mishap, the Bowser Jr. Shadow Showdown, 
there's also these kind of mini games that don't require power up bands. So there's this casino oh. game. So if you play, oh, uh, we don't have that in Hollywood. No. Know. So if you play games like uh, Mario 3D World, there's this game. Okay, can mm-hmm. you get the casino game where you match? There, there are four boxes, and you have to match all of them with the same symbol, and just get bragging rights for it. And you can play that without a. You can play without power a power up band. Interesting. Okay. So that well, kind of gives them. Yeah. Outside of Super Nintendo World, uh, what were some of your highlights of uh, Japan, and what were some of the things that uh, that didn't live up to your your hopes? You know, my I never got the opportunity to ride Jaws the ride oh. in Universal Studios Florida, so I was able to ride that for the very first time. And I can tell you that was that was pretty epic. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, Jaws All was in a Japanese, good one. Though, didn't understand. Fascinating. But, okay. But it was really funny trying to do humor in Japanese. Sure, sure. But luckily, I've seen videos on did, YouTube. Of did you have, uh, even if you couldn't understand them, was your uh, skipper very animated? Did they did they get into the oh, show or are they kind of Very bored? animated. Oh, good. You know, okay. got the shotgun doing that. Excellent, and going, excellent. Oh, no. Excellent. And then they had, us, they had us point down at the water saying, look, the shark. Or... <laughs> Something like that. And then, man, the whole the whole experience is really cool. Starts at very camping, you know, welcome to Captain Jake's Amity Boat Horse. Uh-huh. The rhythm music. And then you see the Amity 5 that's sunken down, mm-hmm. calling for help. Get into the boat dock and then stuff happens. And there's a big finale where, you know, you see Bruce and then you mm-hmm. see him again all burnt. And then yep. we made it alive. That's, uh, man. Good times. Good memories. Yeah. But... Um, they also they love entertainment out there, like mm. being in the world of live entertainment. I was <laughs> I was gonna say being at the Universal that has no live entertainment at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and you know here in Orlando we've seen more and more of our little street shows uh, get cut yeah. back, and you know what uh, what were some of the highlights of of the entertainment that you saw? They have this theater. You may have. You may recognize it. It's got the Hollywood Pantages Theater, oh, much like okay. the one in Florida, but it is not the horror makeup show. It Ooh. is the Universal Monsters Rock and Roll Show. Does it have Beetlejuice? It does. All it right. is essentially Beetlejuice's Rockin' Graveyard Review. Beetlejuice opens the show, big elaborate set. Beetlejuice comes out of his uh, coffin, uh-huh. kind of does a shtick. Then he welcomes, you know, the Wolfman, the Bride, Frankenstein's monster with its guitar, the Wolfman. <laughs> very, very campy, I can tell you. Uh, all the songs were in Japanese. It's another, but all, another show. All I di- but all the dialogue is in Japanese. Interesting. Great show. It's a good, like, half-hour show. You get to have Beetlejuice perform the YMCA with those village people puppets. Ah, uh, yeah. And I know um, the... Uh... You know, food can be kind of hit or miss at the uh, Universal Parks in mm-hmm. the States. Uh, did you eat anything good while you're at Universal in Osaka? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, funny enough, one of the best things I've had there was actually a New York style pizza. <laughs> the, well, it, that's ironic because the folks at Universal, uh, at, at least inside the parks, don't seem to know how to make a good pizza. No. So. <laughs> Here in the states, they can't get it right, so that's funny that they can make a good pizza in Japan. Yeah, this pizza was uh, everyone's favorite pizza place, Louis Pizza Parlor. 
Yeah, the well, we have one of those in the New York section in Orlando, exactly. but I it would not like, I would not say yeah. that is high quality New York pizza. Yeah. But it was credit. also the most busiest restaurant at Amazing. anything park I've ever been to. Wow. We waited over an hour and a half just for the food. An hour and a half for pizza. And I, I take yeah. it they don't have mobile order there? Not really. They do yeah. offer it at Mel's drive-in, but oh. nah, no one's going to find it. But I can tell you, Japanese, they, they love the pizza. Hardest wow. thing there is finding the table. Amazing. Imagine Luis mm-hmm. at Universal City of Florida sitting inside and trying to find a table. Now imagine if you blown up the space three, four times, and you still can't find a table oh inside my God. or outside. Oh, so it's even bigger there than it than, is and, even bigger in there, and, and still can't find all a spot. these pizzas wow. come. All these, all these pizzas come. Uh, it's a pizza set, so it comes with a fry, comes inside seasoned fries, pizza, and a soda. Uh huh. By six bucks. Wow! Wow! What a bargain! So as mm-hmm. long as you can afford the airfare over, sounds yes. like a, a good deal. But, Another good thing I did try was a uh, chicken over rice bowl. Okay. Classic, classic chicken rice bowl. You have yellow rice, chicken, some type of sauce. Nice. Churros. Meh. They were regular churros you could find here, super stale sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so but, the Japanese have not conquered the churro. Except good at Tokyo Disney. The Tokyo oh, yeah. Disney churros are really, really good. Uh, Universal, right. I don't know what's going on, but. That's I love good. this. It was just really weird because when I first walked into USJ, I thought it was going to be like Universal Studios Florida. Mm-hmm. Some parts of it are like that, but the whole experience just turns out to be so different. It's like the New York section looks pretty identical to the one mm-hmm. in Orlando, except that Spider-Man is no longer there, which I was sure. happy to ride. Um, the yep, they just closed down this last week. Yep. Let's see. Uh, the Gramercy Park, the Central Park Plaza. Mm-hmm turn into a humongous stage for their holiday stuff okay we'll talk about it soon but mm-hmm. it was a fever dream being there ah. it was really weird being at this park but there's so much to offer that mm-hmm. is so different from the american parks yeah like well over... it seems like they have about as many attractions in just their yeah. studios park as we have in ioa and the studios combined now, they do have this roller coaster called Space Fantasy. Ah. Now, which oh, version? What? What yes. is it? A, is it a VR right now? Or is no, the... it? Um, I believe it is going to be turning into a VR experience. I knew shortly. they do a lot of overlays on that one. Yeah. The overlay we went was, if you've seen the, the horror movie, The Ring. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they theme a ride based around that character Sarako. So with projections or animatronics? Or how, what are they? Projections. Okay. But at the marquee <laughs> of their attraction, there's this photo op where you can take a picture with with the girl with the hair over. Wow. Kind of coming out. It was uh, really, really dark. That's, but they that, set... I don't think you're going to see that in uh, Universal. Except maybe yeah, they, Halloween Horror Nights. Not, yeah, they call not it year-round. Yeah, they call it a dark horror ride. Interesting. But it starts out, there's a pre-show where this crazy lady kind of experiments. And I don't know if you've seen the original Japanese mm-hmm. horror film where, you know, you pass on a, t- uh, a tape and if yeah. you see it, see you it live. But you... if you don't, so you got to pass mm-hmm. it multiple times. Kind of sets up like that. Okay. All the team members are wearing lab coats and it kind of puts mm-hmm. you in that 
kind of mental hospital kind of all right state but it's very very dark inside all wow. the queue is filled with videos of them showing that clip of, uh. you know and then at the end oh no stuff happens and somehow <laughs> we make it out of life well i guess they don't have the mummy roller coaster there but so that's the closest our, thing they have but it, but it is a pretty intense roller coaster it is a spinning oh, yeah. roller coaster Similar to like the Crusher's Coaster at uh, Walt Disney Studios Park. Uh-huh. Except this is completely in the dark. No show lighting. You didn't know oh, where wow. you're going. Eh. Eh, eh, that, it was that, interesting. Maybe a little sick. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, great, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Another great thing that I was able to go experience was see Shrek 4D. Oh, they to I, be showing. I don't know if I could say that was a great <laughs> I think I don't know anyone who really misses Shrek 4D all that much. You can watch it on Netflix if you yeah. want. You know, I happened to be there when they were showing Shrek 4D during the limited window between okay. their animes. Ah, in that okay, theater, they do. Uh, they use that as a rotating thing. For yeah, so in the morning they do at this. They do a Sesame Street 4D magic show. Oh, okay. They got, that I'd I'd like to see. I, yeah, I you got Sesame. Elmo Grover. You know, doing their stick, and then in the afternoon changes over to Shrek. They do the whole pre-show where you're kind of in a dungeon, but not really. Because mm. it's a flex theater, but they have, you know, the three pigs up on the top. Oh, okay. You have Lord Farquaad doing his thing. And that they show the full pre-show. Oh. All in Japanese. Luckily, <laughs> I knew what they were saying. It's like, bring <laughs> Shrek 40 multiple times. But All right. Well, the cool uh, thing is, yeah. yeah the cool thing about Shrek 4D is at the end of the show, we actually walk in front of the screen. So they lift up the screen. Mm. You dump out and by basically, if you're if you're huh. in the world of theater, you will walk backstage. Oh, that's interesting. And it interesting. turns into this post show where it turns into this animation experience. So if you're huh. familiar with the Waterlands animation, so like Woody Woodpecker, those guys, mm -hmm. there's a little kids area where guests can, you know, animate their Woody Woodpecker oh. shorts. That's cool. And Sounds a little, a little bit like thing. the old pre-show from the Hanna-Barbera ride and uh, mm. Nickelodeon ride that used to be at uh, Universal before Minnie. They also offer a, a daily parade there called the No mm. Limit Parade. That it features Pokemon, Nintendo, Sing, Minions, Hello Kitty. A lot of great seems, properties. A lot of great properties that we don't uh, we don't have all those in uh, Orlando yet, at least. Well, mm -hmm. uh, before we wrap this up, I should ask: Did you do anything in Japan that was not at a theme park? Yes, <laughs> we did. We actually our how our travel days worked. It actually worked out to our advantage. So up at Tokyo, we visited um, the the Imperial Palace. Oh. So that's where. The emperor of Japan basically lives. Mm -hmm. It's this very tranquil environment. Hmm. All the trees are manicured, the lawns. You can go up towards the entrance of the castle, but there is a security guard marching back and forth, making sure you know no one's doing oh. anything crazy. Okay. Gorgeous place. Um, we also stopped by uh, a Buddhist temple. B Buddhist is their main uh, religion there. Uh, it's right next to the the Tokyo Tower, kind of like their version of the Eiffel Tower mm. in Paris. Very uh, religious place. So I guess, you know, putting in their prayers, wishes. Mm. There's also a big night market. There's also this market scene. People trying to sell you stuff. 
That's what we did up in Tokyo. Down in Osaka, we went to this area called uh, Dontobori. It's essentially a big night market scene. So imagine if you were in like a Fast and Furious Tokyo Trip movie. <laughs> you see those very narrow streets with the yeah. neon lights, people walking weird. That's exactly what it looks like. It's so chaotic. Mm. People, food vendors everywhere trying to sell you stuff. So they have these kind of restaurants. Imagine it's just restaurants for the size of your bedroom. Oh, wow. Okay. We're about two to three seats, and mm. people will go and then go real quick. So, mm. but I got some street food, really good, about, about a dollar, because there's so much competition wow. there that the cheaper food you want, it's good quality food. There's Amazing. also a bunch of retail, like there's this 10 story retail shop. Think of it like a Target. Mm. 10 stories worth of stuff. Wow. So you wow. got the markets, you got the toiletries, you got the retail, mm. gaming, uh, other stuff. 10 stories of commerce is very, very much prevalent. Mm. You'll find people buying stuff everywhere you go, like my friend Duffy <laughs> right here. <laughs> Hello, hey, Duffy. Everyone. Well, I'm glad to see that you uh, brought a souvenir back home from you. It sounds like an amazing experience. To just yes. wrap it up, if you had one piece of advice that you could go back and tell yourself, uh, go back in time and tell yourself uh, before the trip, what do you, what's one thing, piece of advice that you wish you'd known before you went? I say just, I would say just be more patient because mm. Japan's a very much a go, 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 go kind of thing. Okay. Like, it's very easy to get lost if you don't know where you're going. So I would say it's kind of take some time, especially if you're the train station, because you can get lost in there. It's like a big old underground city. That's luckily there are signs there, but having Google Maps mm. help, helped us out. Kind of know which direction where to go, especially stay stay off your phone. It's yeah. basically the way I will put it. Okay. Okay. Especially if you're in the city. So you want to take pictures of everything, but it's so busy. Uh, People will probably want to steal stuff, and you don't want that happening. But the parks itself is a very controlled environment, so I wouldn't be worried too much about okay. anything. But it's just the outside perimeters of the mm -hmm. parks can be a little, little crazy. And uh, yeah. All very good advice, and mm -hmm. uh, if I make it out there, I will keep all of that in mind. Eric, thank you so, yeah. so, much for so much for joining us. Uh, before we finish this, we're going to jump back and take a look, see if we have any uh, comments. Um, and it uh, doesn't look like we have much in the comments, um, but uh, we will be back. We want to thank you all again uh, for watching us uh, and listening to us. Please um, be sure to leave us a uh, like or a subscription uh, at whatever uh, location you listen to your podcasts. Uh, those reviews really help us out. Um, we also want to thank, of course, our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel uh, once again. And uh, please go on over to attractionsmagazine.com for more details on the stories we discussed today uh, or search for Attractions Magazine on your favorite social media platform. Eric, where can folks follow you on social media? Well, the best place you can find me is on Threads. 
I okay. my username is Universal Fan. Very easy to follow. All uh, right. You won't find me on Twitter anymore, so right, this is my place. I I hear you. You can find me on all the platforms at S Kuberski or at the unofficial guides uh, head over to the unofficialguides.com to pick up copies of my latest books uh and until next week uh which eric yes is is holding up uh he is a uh he is definitely a contributor thank you so much for all of your help and be and until next week uh we hope you folks stay safe try something new and most importantly have fun uh and i we will be back next time take care bye have a magical day